Would you take your Bible, please, and turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 14. Now, last Sunday, we were in chapter 16, and in chapter 16, we looked at a passage and we were reminded of the reality of hell. Well, today, we're going to look at another story that Jesus told, and this story is about heaven. And so as we look at this passage, there's going to be a lot that we're going to see in this passage about heaven. I would say that most of us in this room today, as we begin to look at this story, you've probably never connected this passage of Scripture with heaven. But yet, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. In this 14th chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus begins early in the chapter giving a parable about a feast and those that were called to the feast and people that came and began to enjoy uh, that big meal and fellowshipping together. And then as he goes on through the chapter, Jesus goes to another story and he begins to tell the story of another feast that's going to happen And there are those that are invited to that feast and some people don't come. And as we look at this scripture today, we're going to see that this is a story Jesus gives about heaven. Just as real as hell is, so heaven is real as well. And do you know that everyone, every person who's ever lived, on the face of this earth, is going to spend eternity in one of those two places. A person is either going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus and the family of God forever, or they're going to spend eternity in hell with the devil and all of his angels forever. There are no other choices out there, only those two. Well, I'm preaching before I read the scripture. uh, Look in Luke chapter 14. Stand please with me for the reading of God's word. We're going to begin to read now in verse number 15. I'm going to read several verses, but I want you to get the flow of this story. Verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him, with Jesus, heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. That word bread there, you may, if you have a more modern translation, you may have the word dinner there because it's best translated dinner. This is a a dinner meal. This is a feast that they're talking about here. And he says in the kingdom of God, there's where we pick up heaven. This is a scene about heaven. He said to them, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. And I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused. 
Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now I just can't pass that one by. <laughs> you know, that, that's just too good to leave alone, isn't it? But, but really what that is, he was re- reciting an Old Testament law that when you got married in the Old Testament, you were to take a year off of work a year off of everything you did, and you and your wife would spend the first year together getting to know one another and bonding together as a couple. That's that's a good Old Testament law, isn't it? But that's what he's referring to there. Notice verse 21. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded. Still there is room. Then the master said to the servants, Go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that my house may be filled or full. My friend, there's where we're coming in a minute. God wants a full house when we get to heaven. And my friend, he's going to have one. And then he says, I say to you that none of you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Father, bless the reading of your word this morning. Speak to our hearts that we might understand something, Father, about you and heaven that will strengthen us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated, please. I want to jump right into the text. Keep your Bible handy there. We're going to refer to many of these things as we go along. But here's what I want you to remember. This is a scene about heaven. Barclay in his commentary. Now I'm not talking about Charles, but I'm talking about William Barclay, okay? In his commentary, that old Scottish preacher and Bible writer makes this observation. In this story, he says, the master represents God. And those who are going out to invite the guest are those believers who have trusted in Jesus as their Savior. And those invited guests that refuse are those that will be lost for all eternity without Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I think O. Barclay's on to something there because I think that's exactly what we see in this scripture. And I believe that the Bible in the next few minutes will bear this out if you stay with us and, and don't let your mind wander. Stay focused right here on what we're talking about. There are some very interesting features, I believe, in this story. Some things that really ought to pique our interest. The first one is this, and we see it there in those first few folks that we were, were looking at there, is there, there only those invited and accept the invitation can go to heaven. Now I want you to follow that and I want you to think closely with me for a moment. In order to go to heaven, you must have an invitation from the Lord. 
And you must accept that invitation. I'm thankful that as a little boy, I received an invitation from the Lord. And that invitation came by the way of a preacher. It came by way of the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart about giving my heart to Jesus. And I accepted that invitation. And this story is telling us that very powerful truth. When you receive an invitation for heaven, the only way you'll ever go to heaven is you, if you accept that invitation. Now you say, Pastor, that sounds very, uh, very trivial to me. That, that doesn't sound very deep at all. Well, it, it's not supposed to be deep, but it's supposed to be true. Now I want you to think with me for a moment about that. Jesus gives this invitation. Whoever will may come. Whoever will can partake of the water of life freely. Let me show you that for a moment in the book of Revelation. If you'll turn there for just a second in Revelation chapter number 22, right at the, uh, excuse me for a moment. Let Let me see. Yeah, chapter number 22, verse number 17. Right at the very end of the Bible, we're going to find this invitation. All the way from Genesis, right on through the Bible, God has shared these words with us about who can be saved. Now look at this verse 17 of Revelation 22. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. Let him who is thirsty come. Now when you begin to read those verses of Scripture, here's here's what we have. How do you get this invitation about heaven? The Spirit of God gives it to you and asks you, would you come to Jesus? And then other people remind us of that invitation. The bride says come. The bride in Scripture are all of us that are Christians, those of us that have been saved. We're the bride of Christ. And our mission on earth is to go out and tell other people that Jesus wants you to be saved. He invites you to come and trust Him as your Savior. The Spirit and the bride say come. And then listen to what else He said. And let Him who is thirsty come. That's exactly what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said to her, Lady, I have a water that if I give you, you will never thirst again. It is living water. And Jesus invited her to a relationship into heaven and she received him and her life was forever satisfied by that living water. Now listen to me, friend. The Bible is coming to a close when this verse of Scripture is given. And it's a testimony about how you come to heaven. How you get to heaven. You receive this invitation. The spirit, a preacher, a witness tells you about Jesus. And he says, and whosoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Now listen. Come back to this story for a moment. 
All of these people received this invitation to come to this feast, to come to this great supper. But all of a sudden, many began to make excuses after having this invitation presented to them. One man said, as we read a moment ago, I just bought a piece of land. I'm going to go check on that. Another one, I've got some oxen. I'm going to go to the field and plow. I need to try them out. Another one said, I've just been married and I'm going to stay home with my wife. And all of these people began to make excuses of why they couldn't come to this feast that the master was giving in their honor. I want to go back to the first point that I made for a moment ago. Only those who receive an invitation and accept that invitation can go to heaven. And we also see in this story many excuses are going to be offered and made by many people as to why they will not accept that invitation that was offered them. Do you know that many of the sports teams of our day in the professional ranks especially and then some of the college championships when you win a championship or a professional championship many for many, many years have been invited to come to the White House after winning a championship to, to celebrate that victory with the President of the United States. That's been going on for, for me, most of my lifetime. I remember seeing those clips of people and those teams and World Series champions and others that go and, and go to the White House and then are greeted by the President and get to meet the President. But we've fallen on some times in recent years that Sometimes that invitation is not accepted by a championship team because of the friction politically and all of the things going on in, in the lives of different people. And so now, and it's been going on for years, not every championship team will accept the invitation after a championship to go to the White House. My friend, that pales in comparison to what we're talking about in this passage of Scripture. You and I both know not everyone who receives an invitation to heaven accepts it. Not everyone who receives the invitation from Jesus to come to Him for salvation accepts that invitation. And as we see in this story, there are those that begin to make excuses. Now let me say to you, friend, when Jesus Christ comes knocking at your heart's door, when Jesus Christ comes and says to you, I want to invite you to heaven. I want to invite you to my special feast. At the end of time, there are many people that begin to make excuses and the devil is very honored and happy to give you many excuses. The devil will come and he will say to people, No, why don't you just wait a little bit? Just put that off for a while. You don't need to rush and try to decide about going to heaven or about Jesus Christ. The devil will come and say, No, don't do it today. Just wait. Wait for another time. No, don't do it now. You're too young. 
You need to live your life to the fullest. If you become a Christian, that's going to cramp your style. You need to just live your life. And then at the end of life, you can come and give your heart and life to Jesus. The devil has all kinds of excuses that he will give other people. He might even say to the person who is this invitation from the Lord, you need to wait and refuse Christ because it costs too much to be saved. You need to wait to the end. Don't do it now. Many excuses are offered. I want you to notice this passage as these offered those excuses. I want to just reinforce this. And I want you to think with me about one other point, verse 21 and 23, if you'll look at it. Only those invited accept the invitation can come to heaven. And then we see that Jesus will keep inviting until his house is full. Notice verse 21 through 23. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Now remember, this master is representing God in this story. Servant came and reported these excuses and these who would not accept the invitations to the master. And the master became angry and he said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded when he came back. And he said, there is, there is still room. Now that's interesting, isn't it? They've gone out and they've invited others to come. They've gone everywhere they can. And they found all of these people that have been willing to come. And they've come. And as they come, they see that there's still room in the house. I tell you, that's just powerful as I think about that in my life. I think about it in many of our lives. Aren't you glad that when Jesus came with an invitation for you to be saved, there was still room in the family. There was still room for one more. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. That old song says, there is room at the cross for you. And my friend, there's room there for everyone who will respond to Jesus and accept and come at that time, at that moment of invitation. But notice this story goes on for a moment. The servant said to his master, verse 22, there's still room. Notice the master, verse 23. The master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Boy, I like that, don't you? God wants a full house. And not only does God want a full house, God is going to have a full house in heaven. Remember the words of Jesus in John 14, 1? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, now the Jesus that told this parable, this story, is the same Jesus that is speaking in John 14. 
And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and receive you. And listen to me, friend. When the dust settles on this old world, when the clock in the spiritual world strikes midnight, when everything winds down and it is the end of time, you can count on it. God will have a full house in heaven. And I'll tell you what, friend, that's exciting to know and that's exciting to see in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says, Now the great multitudes, they came. For I say, Jesus said in verse 24, None of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. Listen, friend. The person that receives an invitation from Jesus for salvation and rejects that invitation and offers up an excuse, will die and go to hell and spend an eternity in hell. Only those that receive this invitation and accept it will go to heaven to be with the Lord. Another passage of scripture that I want to read as we close this morning is found over in the book of Revelation again. This is chapter number 19. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 7. Chapter 19 of Revelation in verse number 7. I want you to notice something in this passage of Scripture for just a moment. You know that we often talk about how that Scripture interprets Scripture. If you find a place in the Scripture you're reading and it's hard to understand, you're not surely truly clear on what it means, there will probably be another place in Scripture that you can read that interprets that and helps shine light on it so that you understand that passage of Scripture. Well, this passage in Revelation, again, at the end of the Bible, is a passage that helps explain that story we just looked at in Luke chapter 14. All through Luke 14, we saw this story Jesus was telling about the Great Supper. Those invited to come who made excuses. And how they went out into the highways and byways, every nook and cranny. They went everywhere they could until they found enough people and they brought all of those people in and the house was full at the feast. Revelation 19 verse 7 gives us the climax to that story Jesus told. Verse number 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give God glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His wife hath made herself ready. And to her it is granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then He said to me, Right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now those scripture verses right there, that's a heaven scene that we find in the book of Revelation. And the heaven scene that we find there is the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
You see, when Jesus comes and He gives you an invitation to come to Him and partake of His living water, He is coming and saying to you, He is offering you and I salvation. And the only way that we're ever going to go to heaven is if we receive that invitation of Jesus. And when we get to heaven, the scripture says there's going to be this great marriage supper of the Lamb. All of the people from all the times that have been saved are going together in God's house. And His house is going to be full. And the Lamb of God that gave His life on the cross to save us is hosting this marriage supper. And he says, those of us that are gathered there, our garments have been cleansed. We're clothed in the righteousness of God. And our righteous garments, our actions, our deeds, now that we've been saved and we're gathered with Him in heaven for all eternity. You take all of this scripture that we've looked at this morning and it all comes down to this one place in Revelation, the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, as we close this morning, there is another observation that, that I want to make for a moment. Do you remember what Jesus said when He was at that last supper on earth with His disciples? We call that the Lord's Supper, but they had a complete meal. And at the end of that meal, Jesus broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, Take this, this is my blood that is shed for you. Drink all of it. This is in remembrance of me. And that's the Lord's Supper. That was the last supper Jesus had on earth with his disciples. But do you remember what he said? He said, I will not partake again of this meal with you until I come in my glory at the end of time and I will partake it with you in heaven when we get to heaven. I will say to us, friend, Jesus was saying to these people in Luke 14, heaven is real. And the only way you'll ever go, the only way anybody will ever go, is to get an invitation and then to accept that invitation when it comes. I'm so glad I have, aren't you? Let's bow together as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just pray this day and we ask you, somehow, someway, Father, to take this word, take this truth and and pour it into our lives, pour it into our hearts. God, that folks could see that we would be faithful in sharing this invitation with those around us with a lost world that Jesus loves them, is inviting them to spend eternity with Him in heaven and to sit down at this great feast in heaven at the end of time, the marriage supper of the Lamb. But the only way they can come is to stop making excuses and say, Yes, Jesus, I will surrender my life to you and I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and Lord. Now, God, would you guide us? Would you help us? May people be saved today in our service as we respond to you. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Would you stand together as we sing?